you're physically able to stand, if you wouldn't mind standing, we're going to bring Senior Pastor David Wright. Once again, I just want to say what a blessing it is to have Senior Pastor and his wife and a few of his kids. I see two of them in service. It's a blessing to have you here. We are blessed by your leadership. We're blessed by having you in our lives. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Brother Bickley. Praise the Lord, everybody. Why don't we do that? Why don't we actually do that? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We exalt you today. We lift you up. We magnify your name. The name that is above every other name. Glory and honor to you today, Jesus. Glory and honor to your name today, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Amen. It's good to be with you today, although that's been quite common the last six months or so, I guess, Brother Morgan being here, but to be able to have the opportunity to preach today is, I don't know when the last time I preached, and so you'll have to put up with me as I try to get used to preaching this morning. Amen. Give honor to Brother Joel and Sister Kate today. Appreciate them. Praise God. Amen. What a wonderful presence of the Lord here. What great worship and we're going to shift gears a little bit here before I preach, and I want you to, if you would, to sing this old song as a prayer, not just as a song, but if you would sing it as your prayer with me today. I must
Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Mark chapter 10, verse number 17. Mark 10, 17. When he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and thy mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him. Somehow we have to get the revelation, if you would. That everything Jesus does or allows in our lives is based on love. If you don't get a hold of that, if you don't get that established in your life, your, your walk with God, your Christianity will be a roller coaster ride. Beholding Him loved Him. So everything that's being said and everything that's going to be said is based on the fact that Jesus loves him. And he said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up thy cross, and follow me. And he was sad at that sake. Not only was he sad at the saying, but he went away grieved. It's one thing to be sad, it's another thing to be grieved. I've been sad about a lot of things in my life that I didn't grieve about. I was sad a couple of weeks ago when University of Maryland was hanging with Kansas for the first half and I thought they had a chance to win. And I don't know what happened between halftime or between the halves, but they, they, the different team came out and they lost. I was sad, but I didn't grieve. He wasn't just sad, he was grieved, and here's why. Because he had great possessions. Jesus looked around about and saith unto his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God. The Message Bible says, verse 22, the man's face clouded over. This was the last thing he expected to hear. And he walked off with a heavy heart. He was holding on tight to a lot of things and not about to let go. He was holding on tight to a lot of things and not about to let go. I don't really have a title this morning, but I guess for the sake of the media department, you can title it, He Went Away Sorrowful. Father, I thank you for your wonderful presence that we felt in this place today. I thank you for the privilege you've given each one of us to be in your presence today. 
God, there's no nothing for any of us that gives us the right or makes us think we have the right to be here. It's by your grace and the working and the moving of your hand in our lives that has brought us here today. Whether we're a guest or we come here all the time, it's still by your grace that we're here. I pray, God, that you would continue to move in this service. I know that your spirit is already working. You've already touched lives. But I pray now, God, that through your word, your spirit would speak and minister. God, give somebody ears to hear today. Give somebody a heart that's open to receive what you would desire to say. I trust you and depend on you this morning, Father. I trust you for your anointing today. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. You've been around here any length of time. You've heard me get on one of my soapboxes. That is how that so much of Christianity to me seems to have become about this life. Especially in the area, I guess, of, uh, well, maybe I, I will, I will retract that. <laughs> Preaching books, etc., is about this life. It seems as though there's a lot of Christianity that's just become part of another self-help category and motivational speaking and teaching. And I've seen where churches in this area have announced series on Sunday morning about weight loss. That was the message. That was the theme. I I believe our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Quite honestly, I, I I'm, I'm not a health food person. I, I, I eat. I love to eat. I, 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 at some point, if the doctor tells me for some reason I got to stop eating certain things, I'll stop. Until then, I, I, I'm gonna eat. I, I, if you're a vegetarian, a vegan, whatever, you, you, God bless you. You got something I don't have, and I, I enjoy eating. I, 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 I just. Some eat to live and others live to eat, and I live to eat, so. Um, why was I saying all of that? <laughs> yeah, weight loss, thank you. So saying that, <laughs> I am not some health food person, uh, so I, I, I want you to understand that in the context of my next statement. I, I, I do believe in my heart of hearts, we, we don't do a good a job taking care of this body as we ought to. Most of us don't. Some of you do, but most of us don't. So I, I, but, but this, 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 I'm gonna, I'll say something about it tonight. I'm, I'm gonna start bringing my Bible when I preach. I've been convicted about not having my Bible. That's just me. I'm not as, that's not in anybody else, but, so I, I it's just something that's not quite the same. Picking, it's in here. I've got all these versions in there. I got, I have twenty different versions, but it's just something not quite the same. So, again, I'm not. That's not it. I'm just. That's me. Not, that's not a slight to anybody else. Okay. So you bring your iPad. You bring your phone. That's that. that that's. <laughs> this book is an eternal book. This book is about eternity. I'm afraid you, you can't read much of what Jesus said in the red letters. There's one song that talks about, I, I forget, plays on the radio, what you said to us in red letters. I, I really am not so sure 2,000 years ago Jesus was thinking about red letters when he was speaking. But nevertheless, it's, it, we understand 
If you got the right kind of Bible, it's in red. Some of us got Bibles, it's just all black, because bottom line, he said it all, so. <laughs> but, but listen, read what Jesus said, and read what he came to do, and read what his focus was on. It wasn't on making lives better, it was take up your cross and follow me. It was deny yourself. It was the, the, the birds have some place to lay, but the foxes have, but the son of man, he, he, that, that's, I, I don't have any place to even lay my head. That, that's, but yet now today it's about Christianity is a great opportunity to get rich. So, so that you will reap and there is a principle of sowing and reaping, but it's not a principle so that I can just improve this life here and now. I'm afraid, and I include myself in it. This is not a judgment of somebody else. I'm afraid we preach way too little about eternity. Whether that's the joys and the, and the wonderful things about heaven that we have to look for, forward to, or if it's the eternal punishment that we ought to want to try to avoid. Either one of them. You see that there's not a person here that doesn't more than likely. Not a person here that doesn't understand the concept. The first nine months or so of your existence. Give or take a few weeks. Was in something called a womb. And not one of us has trouble understanding that the womb was not the destination. All the womb was, was a place of development so that I could now function and live in this life. So nine months were spent as organs and limbs and things were developing and growing so that at my birth I would be able, if all was well, to now live and function in this life. I, I, maybe some of you do. I don't, I don't remember the womb. Apparently, it wasn't too bad of a place to be for a little while. I mean, hooked up to a source of food and temperature was good. More than likely, if you had a good mama, she was doing stuff to, to take care of you. And probably a lot of moms alter their diet at least for several months and eliminate or cut back on some things. You, there's not one of us, if we had the ability to have thought in the womb, would have said, you know, I, I just want to stay here. This is where I want to be. This is where I want to dwell. Because if we had the ability to think, we would have understood this is only preparation for, for the next step. Can I tell you today, this is just the second womb, if you will. This is not the destination. And I come this morning to preach to some people that you think this is the destination. But I've come to tell you today, this is only another womb. And just like nine months were spent to develop you for this life, whether it's five years, 10, 20, 50, 70, this life is simply a womb for what is to come. And when the next one comes, it's not another womb. It's the Final destination. That's it. I'm sorry, but you know that this, this, this. Uh, for for uh, 
I'm trying to stop apologizing for, well, in a lot of, I've stopped in a lot of ways. There's a few things I still apologize for, and I don't know why, because there's great biblical precedent for it. And one of those things, you have to bear with me. I'm still strength, still struggling, so a bit winded here. But I'm not here to talk this morning, so we'll just have to deal with the windedness. Paul used, Paul used examples of sports. If, he, if there had been baseball and football, I think Paul probably would have used those too. He had the Olympics and wrestling and running. That's what he used. And so March Madness is, is uh, it's, 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 as a sports fan, it's an amazing thing to me. And, and, and uh, it's, it's, it's an exciting thing to watch. And, and it's exciting as, as some Cinderella teams, as they call, have a run and, and Sometimes win a couple of games they shouldn't win, but usually end up at some point fizzling out for the most part, and the dominant teams end up winning. But but, but I, I was talking to somebody the other day, and the best to me, the best team does not always win. In a one and done, the best team does not always win. In a series, typically to me, in a series, the best team ends up winning. Because in a series, you can afford to have a bad day and we can come back and we can make it up. But in a one and done, it, that's not always the case. And there, there are teams, there are teams in March Madness that were better teams than teams that made it to the final four. Some of them made it there because at a last second shot from half court, they threw a shot that was an improbable shot and it went in. But it's one and done. It's one and done, and, and it's, it's I, I watched, I was in Dallas this week for uh, some training for Fellowship One, the program, software program that we use, and, and uh, so Monday evening I had a chance to watch the championship game between North Carolina and Villanova, and if you didn't see that game, and if you're any kind of a sports fan, you missed what was probably one of the greatest championship games of March Madness of all times. With just a couple of seconds to go on the clock, the North Carolina, one of the North Carolina players goes up to take a three. He's got defenders around him. He's kind of, I mean, he's twisting and contorting and just throws. It wasn't your pretty jump shot. Hits a three to tie the game. With four seconds on the clock. Villanova comes down and this guy pulls up a couple feet behind the three-point line and nothing but net. Of course, the Villanova team and fans and coaches and all of them go crazy. But then they pan to the other side and you've got guys that are crying and upset because that's it, it's done. And some of them seniors and there's not another chance. It's one shot. One shot. It's one shot. You got one chance to win. Winner, you win, you go on, you lose, you go home. That's it. I don't think some of us get it. I don't think some of us get it. You got one shot. You got one shot. 
It's not a series that you're going to stand there before him on judgment day and he's going to say, well, you messed up, but you know what? It's a best out of seven series. It's, it's a best out of five series. So you got another couple of chances. The response is going to be one of two things. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joys of the Lord. Or the other response is depart from me. I never knew you. I preach to people today, you don't consider yourself a gambler. You wouldn't dare go down and put a couple of hundred dollars to gamble and lose it because you know the odds are against you. And yet I preach to people today that gamble with your souls because you're willing to mess around that what you're doing is just enough to get by because he's a good God and a loving God. And yes, he is. He's such a good and loving God. He gave us his word to tell us exactly what we needed to do. And everything that was expected. How could a good God send people to hell? A good God won't send people to hell. If I go to hell, it won't be because of a good God. It will be because I chose to ignore what he told me to do and how to do it. Don't put on him what's on me. Oh, I know some of you, don't, don't worry, I'm in the same boat. I, I, I don't know, again, I've been weeks since I preached, and the last thing I want to do is come preach this, but good master, good master, what do I need to do for eternal life? Tell me what to do to get eternal life, good master, well, just, just, Honor your father and mother, don't steal, don't cheat, don't... And, and, and you know what? Most of us could say probably what he said. Most of us here could. I've done that. I've done all of those. I'm good. I, 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 wonder, if, I wonder if when Jesus said, don't commit adultery, he was in his mind, he started going, check. Don't kill, big check. Don't steal. Don't bear false witness. Defraud, not honor. I wonder if in that, in that moment there was something in him that started to go, well, I got this. I got this. I'm, we're good. Uh, man, I, I'm on the right track. Heading the right way. And he says, mm, one, one more thing. One more thing. I want you to go sell. Everything you have. And then I want you to give it all away. And then I want you to come follow me. I, I, I don't know of any other place in any other situation where Jesus told anybody to do that. that that's not what we preach as a part of the plan of salvation. There's very few of you would still be here today if after you got the Holy Ghost, Bishop or myself or somebody, Pastor Joel or somebody came up to you and said, now, now that's only the start. The next thing you need to do is you need to go home and take an inventory of everything you got, start putting it on Craigslist or eBay or, or have a yard sale, get rid of it all, then come and bring. Or if you don't trust us, go give it away yourself. Well, whoa. That little who stole the key to my Honda and that emotional experience and good feeling and that, that load lifting after I got baptized, I'm not quite sure I was bargaining for the rest of it. 
You see, I would like to submit to you today that while the specifics of going and selling everything you have is not a requirement for salvation, the principle of what Jesus was touching is, Because he was wanting to see what matters the most. And I am of the opinion, and it is just an opinion, but I am of the opinion, if the, if he would have responded and said, okay, Lord, give me a day or two, it's going to take a little bit of time, I got a lot of stuff, but if you'll give me just a couple days, I'll do it and I'll be back. I am of the opinion, just opinion, I think the Lord would have said, stop. Okay, I just wanted to know. He may have let him go. He may have. But I think there's also a chance like with Abraham and Isaac, he would have said, hang on, I just wanted to know. And now that I know you're willing to do it, you can keep it for now. But there was so much and that wasn't the price. If there's ever been a more challenging time for Christians, for people to pay the price. Well, I don't have to pay a price for salvation. It's free. God, no. It's offered, but it costs something. If there's ever been a day and time in which there's a challenge for people, if there's ever been a people that there's a challenge for, I believe it's us as Americans. I was heard about a a Dillard, some of you folks from the South and some of our transplants that God has brought to Maryland, uh, they, they, they rant and rave about Dillards. If you ever hear them talking about Dillards, just read the fine print. The fine print with Dillards is you got to go when the sales are on. Because if you don't go when the sales are on, unless, unless you're like the rich young ruler here, then ain't the place to be. And I, I heard, actually, Brother Shelton told me about a, a Dillard's outlet in the Dallas area. So I had a little bit of time, and I went by there, and I walked in. And if you've ever been into Dillard's, it's, it's a pretty nice store. I mean, they got the mannequins, and they're dressed up in displays. and deck. You walk in, and, and it, it was, ugh. There were, I mean, there were just racks and 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 racks of clothes. No displays, no mannequins, no decorations, nothing, just clothes. You walk in, there'd be a, there'd be a, there'd be a row of clothes, a pants almost from me to that wall, and all it would say is 32, 34, 36, 38. I won't tell you which one of those rows was my row. Somewhere in there. I'm about ready to start a prednisone club. All those who've been through prednisone and the lovely side effects. Just, I mean, just, and you, I mean, you're looking at these clothes that they, and they got the original price on there. Bargains, man, bargains. Most of us don't pay full price for anything. Most don't. Some, I guess, with your status, you do and you want to pay the most. Most of us don't. I walked over to the, I, I walked over to the sport coach. I'm thinking, well, you know, kind of caught my eye. 
Of course, the problem is when you got a 50, 60% reduction off of $900, that's still pretty. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, I got suits that don't cost that much. Sorry for any of you folks that are. <laughs> we, 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 we're used to bargains. Thrift stores and Marshalls and discount places. And thank God for Nordstrom Rack, but don't go to Nordstrom Mack with a Marshalls rent mentality. Because even Nordstrom Rack, you, you, you pay a little bit more than, you know. I like to just go walk around in Nordstrom Rack, I got to tell you. Those some fine-looking shirts. We want a bargain. Unfortunately, help me, Jesus. Unfortunately, we got some Christianity, some branches, some folks in Christianity that are getting into the Craigslist salvation mentality. If you want it cheap, I'll sell it to you cheap. If you want it at a reduced cost, I'll sell it to you at a reduced cost. The problem is you can't change what he said. You can modify it if you want to, but when you stand there on that day, it's not going to be about what somebody sold you. It's going to be about what he said. Go sell it all and give it all away and then come and follow me. And he went away sorrowful. Sorrowful. Sorrowful perhaps because he was torn between the life and the riches and the things he had and also somewhere down deep inside the understanding that I need eternal life. And then making, having to make the decision. What do you think would happen? I, I almost... Thought about trying to actually do it and demonstrate it, but what do you think would happen this morning if, what do you think would happen if I had my, my nephew Noah standing here this morning and he had a, although I don't think he likes ice cream. Ice cream give him, I don't know. Let's use another toddler. But whether he likes it or not, when given the option to choose ice cream or come to Uncle David's and the kid's house, he came to Uncle David's house. So just to show you where that ranks. <laughs> Imagine if we had a three or four year old, five year old standing here with two or three scoops of ice cream and I feel some parents crawling. I would never. Chocolate. I mean like chocolate, chocolate. All chocolate. I don't like chocolate ice cream, so. What do you think would happen? Just, just picture with me for a moment. It's, it's a little bit warm and there's drips down the arm and there's drips down the side of the cone and there's a full goatee of chocolate ice cream on the face. If I walked up to that kid with a million dollar check, and said, I'll trade you your ice cream for this check. Anybody want to got an opinion of which the choice would be? Huh. That's paper. 
can't get paper anywhere. I can't get ice cream any. Don't touch my ice cream. Don't mess with my ice cream. I'm preaching to some people today that you've got chocolate running down your hand. You've got chocolate running down your chin. You're licking away on your two or three scoops. And God is standing with an offer of eternal life. But you're too caught up in the moment. You're too caught up in today. You're too caught up in what the plans are for the week. To recognize that what you're being offered is far greater than what you've got in your hand. Because heaven and earth are going to pass away. And one day this temporal dimension is not going to exist anymore. And at that point, your ice cream is going to do you no good. It's hard. It's hard for those that have riches in the kingdom of God to get in the kingdom of God. And some of you say, well, that ain't me because I ain't rich. Oh, but we've all, everybody in this room today has got enough for it to be a hindrance. I'm going to tell you that. You can argue and fuss with me. But in this country and the way we live, everybody's got enough to be a hindrance. The bottom line is the more you got, the more difficult it is. See, some of you are blessed with the fact you had no place better to be today. No, I said it. I, I, I said, I know what I said. Some of you had no place better to be. You didn't have, you don't have the funds to be in some five-star resort somewhere, kicked back with breakfast being served in bed this morning. You don't have that option. You're just trying to pay bills this month and then figure out how you're going to pay them next month. There are some of you that have options, and I, I applaud you for being here. Except some of us that have options, we're here on our terms. Oh, Jesus. I'm sorry, Brother Morgan's not here. Sorry, Pastor Joel's not here. Not really. <laughs> You're here on your terms, your own terms. You're here when it's convenient because you let an opportunity arise that conflicts with being in the house of God or you let an opportunity arise that, that afflict, conflict, would conflict with a ministry opportunity or some other ministry situation and you're not even going to hesitate to take the opportunity. That's what he's talking about here. When he says it's hard for the rich, it's because the, the rich have opportunities the poor don't have. It's not that rich can and won't be saved, but there's a lot of dying that's got to be done. I think a lot of times during football season, I think it's with regards to the NFL, some of the people I know that aren't Christians, that aren't in church and what they do on a Sunday, that's a tough thing on the flesh to make some changes. You're used to tailgating, or if you're not tailgating, you're set up all day long watching every game, and 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 that's and and, and you got the friends, and you've got the opportunities. That's that's a tough thing. I, I, what what do I need to do for eternal life? Please let it be the price I want to pay. And he goes away, sorrowful, sorrowful, willing to hang on to something that is here today. And gone 
tomorrow. No guarantee of what you've got today is going to be there tomorrow. It doesn't take much in this life. It doesn't take it much of a circumstance to totally change the dynamics of your life. You're going to hang on to something that is temporal and forego something eternal. Matthew 6 and 19, Lay not up yourself for yourselves treasure upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The Message Bible says it this way. Don't hoard treasure down here where it gets eaten by moths and corroded by rust or worse, stolen by burglars. Stockpile treasure in heaven where it's safe from moth and rust and burglars. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is is the place where you will most want to be and end up being the place where your treasure is is where you will most want to be and where you will end up being I got to tell you and you can write it off because it's my responsibility as senior pastor and it's what I get paid to do and it's my job and if that's what you think that's between you and Jesus to think that but in my heart of hearts I know something different. I'm not here this morning because I got to be here. I'm not here today out of obligation and job and duty and I'm not going to be here tonight because I have to be here and I won't be here Thursday night because it's an obligation and a duty. I was glad when they said unto me let us go to the house of the Lord because I know that in the house of the Lord anything is possible I know that in the house of the Lord there is healing there is hope there is direction there is salvation okay 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 I got you I got you well this isn't the house of the Lord I love the way we like to use stuff for our convenience. The church isn't the house, brother. The house is the, the building isn't the church, brother. Right? I know that. The church is the called out ones. That's why we can go out on the slab today and have church out there because it's not a building. We also understand we do have a place for us here today in our lives that is that represents where we gather together for worship. And it may not be special all by itself, but I've learned when two or three get together in this place and we begin to lift up and exalt the name of Jesus, it might be just a building, but when we gather together in his name, anything can happen. My eternity can be impacted by what takes place here. I'm going to give that up to go to sit in some social setting or some kind of other opportunity or situation that may impact my eternity as well, but only in a different way. 
Wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. There is no place. Oh, I like to. I like the opportunity to travel. I'm thankful for the chances I've had to travel, both domestically and overseas, and look forward to more opportunities in the future. I'm not going to give out my address over the internet right now, but my home. That's where I enjoy being above any place else. I'd rather be right there than any place else. I, I only want to be someplace else for so long. I'm ready to go home. I have never, I, I've spent more time, literally more time at home the last two months than I have in all my life, it seems like. And while there have been a few times I got a little bit of cabin fever and wanted to get outside, or do something, I've never gotten tired of home. Because that's where my heart is. That's where my heart is. That's where five people got a hold of it. And control it in some way or other. More than they probably realize they do. Or at least hopefully realize they do. We try to have a nice, peaceful morning yesterday, and Elizabeth wasn't feeling well, and she didn't go to youth ride, stayed home, and we got a little little glimpse of what it's like to be a family with one child. It's a whole different world. Wouldn't trade the other three to have one, but I, I mean, we, we're trying to just have an enjoyable morning. We got to start just like marriage and wedding and I'm like what why are we talking about that here and now we got <laughs> we got 10 years where we have to worry about that <laughs> I know I'm preaching to people you got your foot on there they're 17 you got the foot on the door waiting for the birthday to click and they're gone I'm at the door <laughs> stay I'm sure there will come a point at some time where I'll be ready for him to go, but we ain't there yet. And that's, I love my wife. I love her more than I've ever loved her before. So it's not about our relationship wanting to keep, that's, that's where my heart is. I want to be with those five people more than anybody else in the world. That's where my heart is. If you're hardly ever home, I wonder where your heart is. You're always doing stuff with everybody else and never home. I'm not, sorry, little detour. You know those side roads that run right beside the highway sometimes? You get off for a few minutes, get back, we'll get, we'll get back on. If you're always looking for ways to be away from home, there's a problem. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Where your heart is, that's where your priorities are. That's where you're going to invest yourself and those are the things you're going to protect and guard. Not let stuff interfere with. Some of you let the smallest, slightest things interfere with your walk with God, your participation to coming to church and ministry. Bottom line is your heart's just somewhere else. He went away sorrowful. I want it. I know I need it. 
but I'm just not quite sure I'm willing to pay the price. And obviously, he wasn't willing. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 6. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure. We have this treasure. I don't care how expensive the suit or the dress you're wearing today is. I don't care where you bought it from. All it's doing is hiding dirt. We have this equalizer. We're all dirt. We're different shades of dirt. But we're all dirt. Some of us are a little more volume of dirt than others, but we're all dirt. Y'all, y'all thinking about weight. I'm talking about height. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. Aren't you glad? Oh, God. Aren't you glad that the value of the vessel doesn't have to equal the value of the treasure? Oh. You, you know, I read one translation one time basically saying that, earth, you know what, that earthen vessel is, a, is, is essentially, it's essentially a paper cup. Get rid of, get, get finished preaching today, finish off this water. There is, no one is going I guess if I was a real celebrity, somebody might sneak up here and take it home. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what that had to do with anything. <laughs> Nobody, this isn't going on display in a china cat. Because when the water's gone, it served its purpose. The value of this bottle is what's in it. When what's in it is gone, it, it, it no longer has value. That, that's That's kind of what he's saying there. You and I are just a paper cup. Why? So that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, for, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which are we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then, death worketh in us, but life in you. We, having the same Spirit according as it is written, I believe and therefore have I spoken, we also believe and therefore speak. Knowing that He which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause? Because of all of this stuff we're dealing with and going through, we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Man, I, I, I don't know. I, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if it's in the billions. I'm quite sure in the millions, the industry of trying to maintain 
youth. Nip it, tuck it, lift it, color it. Yeah, I, I hope there's none of you here today like this. If you are, please don't, please don't be offended. This, this is the safest one. <laughs> so I'll leave a bunch of others alone. <laughs> there's nothing cracks me up just about as much as seeing a guy whose skin looks like a prune. I mean, he's, he's got wrinkles on top of his wrinkles. And the darkest hair. Not one single gray can be found. Like, in the words of the Pentecostals, Bro! Really, I mean, do you think that is helping the rest? I mean, you think you think the chicks are looking at that, going, "Man, I, I mean, he's probably only about sixty-five rather than eighty-five." <laughs> Our outward man is perishing. I don't care what you take, what you drink, what you rub. I don't care. I don't care. Don't matter. It's perishing. But the inward man, if I will let it, can be renewed day by day. Her light affliction. Her light affliction. You know what? Again, I, I keep, every time I get a little frustrated the last couple of months with what I'm dealing with physically, I just quickly remind myself of some people that I know. Not just, I mean, not, uh, there's plenty that I don't know. That, but I mean, just people that I know off the top of my head. And I'm like, okay, this isn't that bad. So, so just let me remind you who's talking here. The one that's calling light of that, the one that's saying light affliction. He, he, he wasn't just dealing with the common cold. It, it, it wasn't just, you know, some little. It, 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 it wasn't just he was walked out of church Sunday night and somebody looked at him wrong and he was. Nobody said hi to him. It, I mean, this isn't. He, he was shipwrecked. He was beaten. He was in prison. He was, he was betrayed by his own brothers. And he calls all of that light. Why? Because it is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. My affliction is light affliction, but the glory is a heavy glory. It's light affliction, but it's an eternal weight of glory. And here is the key. Here is the key to what the rich man missed. Here is the key for you and I today. 
How is it that I don't walk away sorrowful? Because we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Because the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Are you really going to give your time and energy and effort in something that is only temporary, that at best is only going to last for a few years when you have the opportunity to give yourself to something that is eternal? My ice cream sure is good, preacher. It's the flavor I like. It's my, it's my favorite kind. I don't know that I can give it up for something. Really? Really? Far above all else. I have never, whether it's ones I've been in because of the people I knew, or whether it's ones that I've seen driving down the road. In all of my life, I have never seen a U-Haul trailer in a funeral procession. I've never seen it. It don't matter what house you lived in. It doesn't matter what car you drove. It doesn't matter the name brand of your clothes. It doesn't matter the place you worked and what your position was. You don't take it with you. Job had it right when he said, The Lord gives and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Naked I came and naked I go. So if I leave with what I came with, oh well. It's not about this life and these possessions and these things. But it's about the fact there will be a reward. An eternal reward that's going to last forever. Sister Trish, come please. Monday through Friday was, as I said, in training, software training, trying to learn, be a better steward and whatever. And so it was over Friday, Thursday, sometime Thursday evening. I didn't know the exact time, but I decided in advance. It's over Thursday evening. I'm leaving Friday afternoon. I'm leaving Friday afternoon because there's this thing called AT&T Stadium in Irving, Texas, the home of the Dallas Cowboys. Whether you are a Dallas Cowboys fan or not, which I am, whether you're one or not, if you're ever in Dallas, if you're a sports fan, you owe it to yourself to take a tour. One of the most amazing facilities of any kind I have ever seen in my life. I walked around there with the the natural man the spiritual man wasn't you know he, he was close by but the natural man was walking around and we got to got to go into in Jerry Jones's box where he sits for games him and his two sons got to go if we were the, the tour Typically takes you on the on the field, but 
They had a bunch of college, I guess, graduates that were doing a workout. And they were out on the field, so we couldn't go. They, they, we went into a, into a suite. And, man, that was, that was cool. It was neat. That was really neat. I'd, I'd do it all again just to do it again. Come September, football season will kick off. and For some period of time, I'll be a delusional Dallas fan with some sort of expectations that they'll win the Super Bowl. More than likely, only them for them to find out a way to blow it as they've done for years now. I, I, I went into... I went into March Madness. Maryland's got a great team, great potential. They, a lot of ways, I think they have as much chance of winning the tournament as anybody did. But I, I went into it. I'm like, you know, ain't no use getting excited. If you don't get excited and they win, you can get excited after they win. You get all excited before and then they lose. That's even worse to come off of. You know, I know a bunch of y'all have no idea what that's all about. You need to grow up, Brother Wright. Ain't happening. How? No guarantee. No guarantee. Orioles are 4 0. They're right, 4 0, I think. Man, oh boy. Could, could be the year. Might be, and it could. Really, it could. Who knows? I hope it is. My goodness. No guarantee. And the problem is this. Let's say the Orioles win the World Series this year. When the final out is made, the last inning of the game that clinches the World Series, you get a few moments to enjoy and celebrate. But you know what? It's a new day. There's going to be a new champion. And there's going to be few that really care what you did this year when next year comes. Temporal. Temporal. Temporary. Go buy you a new car. Go buy the most expensive car you can afford. And it ain't going to take you but about 24 hours at the most to see somebody drive by with one that's a lot better than yours. My last vehicle, Ford Expedition, my lease is up on it. I got Bishop, Bishop, I'm driving a hand-me-down now. You see the Maryland stickers on the Bishop's car, that's because I'm driving it for the next several months. I had, I've been driving an exposition, expedition, favorite car I've ever owned. I don't know where it happened, Brother Whaley, but it was like within days of getting that car, right on the drive, of all places, right on the driver's door, it got a ding. It was only about a quarter around. I almost wonder if God sent an angel that walked by with a hammer and just went, Because for three years, every time I get in that car, I'm reminded, temporal, 
I keep my car clean. I keep my car as clean as I can. I like a clean car. I like a clean car. There's a reminder it's temporal. If you'd stop for a moment, there's not one thing in your life that you don't have to take very long to look at and realize there's some things that let you know it's temporal. I wonder... I wonder what the rest of the story was of the life of the rich young ruler. I wonder if God allowed him to live the rest of his life with all the riches and the wealth he had and enjoy it for now, knowing what was to come. Or I wonder if somewhere along the way... (laughs) Oh, man. I know... Some of you probably aren't going to agree with me on this, and, and that's okay. But There's a lot of stuff God asks you to give voluntarily. Voluntarily give Him. That if you don't, there will come a point when it's no longer asking you to voluntarily give it, he decides to take it. The difference is, well, if that's the case, why not just hold on to it as long as I can? Because the difference is, when I give willingly, freely what he's asking, There's this principle that I've learned, and that is you can't outgive him. Oh, I'm not talking possessions and money, and that that that, I'm not talking about that. You you can't outgive him. And please tell me today, what is there too great to give up? in exchange for what I get in return. I, I was thinking, I'm, I'm, can I be transparent with you for a moment? I, not that I haven't already been as best I could. I, I don't know. I know I think most of the kids are out of here, so if not, you'll have to, I'll try to be vague. As, I, I'm driving around Dallas, and I mean, there's all these advertisements for men's clubs and all this stuff. And I, I know maybe some of y'all are so holy you just drive down the road and that stuff you don't even... There wasn't, there wasn't anything inappropriate to see. I wasn't staring at naked women. Don't. But I, I, I don't... You may not do this, but I do this. I start thinking about what I'm missing Start thinking about what I'm missing. (laughs) And it don't take long to start thinking about what I'm missing. Guilt. Shame. Heartache. Pain. Broken dreams. Broken lives. Man, I'm... I'm sure missing 
sure missing. I'm going to go sit in my hotel room all evening and maybe watch some TV or these days just fall asleep. Not going out getting drunk, not going out finding some woman at the bar. Man, I'm, I'm missing. I'm missing it because I'm going to open the door and walk through the door Friday night and standing only a few feet inside of the door with some open arms to welcome me in. But I'm missing. Missing. I beg somebody today, and I know some of you are probably sitting there, well, brother, are you sure are preaching to the guests today? (laughs) Yeah, I'm preaching to them, but would you please put your shovel away? Would you quit deflecting what I'm saying to everybody else? Because I'm not just preaching to the guests today. I preach to people this morning that have been a part of this church for years. That are caught in between. What do I have to do for eternal life? And all the things that you have and possess. Bow your heads. Close your eyes, please. Father, I pray right now. God, please, please don't let this be just a sermon that's taking time in this service today. But God, somehow, would you let your word find some good ground this morning would you let somebody today have the grace to have the ears to hear what you're saying some that in comparison to others may not be as rich as others but in the context God of what I preached this morning they've they've got some riches Opportunities, they've got the chance for pleasure. And I'm asking you right now, Father, don't let us leave today sorrowful. Help us not to leave today sorrowful and grieved. Because on one hand, we know we need eternal life and we want eternal life, but we also don't know if we're willing to pay the price. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. There's somebody around you perhaps that the Holy Ghost is talking to. Would you be sensitive? But I also preach to some church members, regular attendees today, that I invite you to get up out of your seat. You need to make your way to this altar today. preaching to some people that are not a guest this morning. You're not a visitor here today. But the Holy Ghost is talking to you. I plead with you today. I plead with you today. 
Don't be like the rich young ruler. Walk away sorrowful. Whatever it is you may think you've got to give up. Whatever it is you think he's asking you to sacrifice, I'm going to tell you today what you get in exchange is so worth it. And can I tell you, yes, eternal life, but God is just so amazing. It's not just eternal life he gives. He does stuff in this life. There's blessings and there's benefits. If all he did was give eternal life, that would be enough. But he's such an amazing God. It's not just eternal life he gives. Far above. Far above. Far above all else, God. There's some things I want to accomplish in this life that there's nothing wrong with them. They're not sin. They're okay. But God, whether I accomplish them or not, I must, I must be saved. I must be saved. Whether I get to cross off what's on my bucket list or not. Whether I get to do everything on my bucket list or not. I must be saved. I must be saved. Whatever, whatever, whatever I'm telling you today, God. I'm not just asking you, but I'm begging you today. Whatever you've got to do to me, you have my permission. I don't want to be lost. I don't want to be lost. Far above, far above. Far above all else. 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 There's no earthly achievement. There's no job I could have. There's no title I could get. There's no place I could go on vacation. There's no clothes I could wear. There's no car I could drive. There's no neighborhood I could live in that is worth my soul. That is worth me walking away sorrowful because I'm not willing to pay the price. Far above, far above, far above, far above. Come on, church, be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. And I ask you that not just for guests or visitors. Be sensitive. Must be, I must be, I must be. There's no offense that is worth hanging on to at the expense of my soul. There's no bitterness worth hanging on to at the expense of my soul. Whatever, 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 whatever you have to do. Whatever you have to do. Whatever you have to do, God. Oh, don't let me be lost. For eternity. 
far above all else. Oh, I must be saved. must be saved oh, far, far above all else I must be saved so whatever you have to do need to go you're welcome to go god bless you but please be mindful of those that are still praying i must be saved I must be saved I must be saved oh far above i must Yeah. 